king, an obsession. Journey into the world of Iskorda and travel along with the boy from that way as he embarks on a quest to return to the very depths of the nightmare that brought him through the white door. Join us once more as we step through the white door. We leave the pages of the history of Angfarin and the Mad King and return to the boy from that way as he now sits in the cottage of the strange old cat. Still lost in a new realm, one ever increasingly both magical and dangerous. Join in now as we hear chapter 4, Small Wonders in a House of Spies. As the last words of the story crept out in the quiet room, Eisen began pulling himself from the lulling, sleepy feeling that had overtaken him. The boy had noticed that partway through the story, Bally had begun to purr, giving the room a comfy, vibrating feeling. Eisen watched the cat also shake the comfort from his old bones, yawning once or twice, exposing a pink tongue that reminded the cat's guest of sandpaper. The boy yawned, succumbing to the age-old plague of yawning once someone else does. A terrible, proper plague. So you see, young lad, began Bally, if in a white door is part of the ingredients for a recipe home, I'd suggest a different course. That's a joke there. Dishes, course, get it? The old feline rose from his favorite chair, which groaned and squeaked its thanks. Of course, the cat and the boy merely heard the squeaking of an old chair, which suited the chair just fine. It had always thought itself a much better listener than speaker anyhow. Even now the chair seemed much more interested in the boy and his master's words than into relief of not being sat on. So, Eisen said as he watched Bally hobble over to an old metal icebox, lift its lid, then remove what seemed to be a small leather pouch. The bag wiggled from his grip and watching the cat reminded Eisen of his dad when a fish was flopping around in the bottom of their boat. Finally, Bally managed to get a hold of the bag, and the slam from the icebox lid forced Eisen's eyes. He looked up. So? So what, boy? said the cat. Eisen snapped from his thoughts, quickly searching his mind for what he was going to say. There it was, hiding behind thoughts of his father. So, this protected door is the only one you've ever heard of? The only one here? His eyes still on the brown bag. Bally shuffled towards Eisen to a small wooden table near the fireplace. Upon closer observation, the boy noticed that the face of the table was equipped with several cooking utensils and an exquisite fillet knife with gold and ivory in the handle. As the old cat began to reply to Eisen's question, the boy definitely could make out that something was writhing inside, squirming inside the small leather satchel. Eisen also thought he heard faint crying. A door like that, boy? Bally finally replied. Cal shot him a look often associated with asking of dumb questions, as some things change no matter where you are. Bally sat down at the little wooden cooking station before looking back over to the boy. He lifted his eyes from the brown patch only once as he felt the cat stare on him. A story like the one I just showed you, told you right in your ear, you ought well to be an indication. 
that such a door is rare and not something you stumble across every day. But I did. I did stumble across it. Today, in fact. Ah, yes. Well, replied the cat. Today is a bit more particular than every day. Wouldn't you agree? Eisen wouldn't agree, but found himself nodding his head in agreement nonetheless. Bally tested the fillet blade on his thumb, then set it down and began to untie the yellow cord around the brown pouch he had removed from the icebox moments ago. The knot initially gave him some trouble, so far as to have the old feline to refer to some sketching he had drawn on how exactly to untie it. A clever knot, magical even. Even with schematics in hand, the boy watched Bally wrestle with the knot for several long minutes. Upon glimpsing the papers, Isaac can see the Bally had named the knot Cat's Cradle, and he laughed to himself. What came from the bag prodded Eisen's interest almost as much as it tugged on his heart. Emptying slowly from the bag were several tiny people, dressed in scarcely more than tattered bits of cloth and tiny monocles that chained them all together in what Eisen thought was the world's saddest and yet cutest chain gang. After a moment, the boy realized he was looking at several incarcerated pixies, many of which had begun to cry, and rather loudly. As he watched the little tears, he thought about how everything was so much cuter when it was smaller. Maybe sadder, too. Indeed, the tears were oddly cute, and Eisen felt a terrible pang in his stomach for even thinking such things, true enough as they were. Listen, boy, Bally said, as he unchained a small fat pixie from the gang. You ain't gonna find no other doors, at least none the kind you seek. The cat spoke the last words with a bit of a grunt and gritted teeth as Eisen watched the cat cut the little pixie clean down the center with the exquisite fillet knife. Gold. And ivory in the handle. This, of course, caused quite the hysterical reaction from the remaining pixies, some of which began to tear frantically at their chains. Besides, it's dangerous to even be speaking so openly about doors and such. Spies. Oh yes. Oh yes. And they be everywhere, spies that understand all tongues, every word, from the songbird to the grumbling of the earth itself. Why, I'd find it to be a wonder if in the word hadn't reached King Rayekmar already. See yourself fortunate that she ain't met sweet death since you've been here. Death I don't want to be a part of. Eisen looked down at the terrified pixies as the word death rang in his mind. His eyes moved to the pixie mother huddled in a ball with her babe, barely the size of a playing card. Bally watched the boy's face and traced his stare to the pixie mother. Aye, you've got a good eye, the cat said, reaching down and wrestling the babe from the sobbing pixie mother with his thumb and forefinger. Without a moment's hesitation, the old cat popped the little one in his mouth, talking as he chewed. Mmm. The young ones are mm, so good raw. A bit, mm, bit of a milky, mmm, mmm. The boy could feel his jaw hanging loose, and he bothered not to correct it as he watched the old cat return to cutting up pixies one by one. The subtle little prep table near the fire had now become a platform of horrors. At least, if you were a pixie. Isaac had never seen a pixie in all his life. He had never been to this place. Yet where he came from, babies were not choice morsels to be eaten. Watching Bally eat the young pixie baby shed light on the deeper evils of the place the boy had come to. It reminded him of the cold, callous indifference held by the cat guard in the corridor, or the way that people treated chickens in the factories, pigs, cows. The boy's basic instincts were struck as he went on to say something to Bally, but instead found himself on foot 
with the blue wand aimed at the old cat. It had all happened so fast, as almost all of the boys' encounters had been so far in this land of mystical doors and baby eaters. That's enough, you, the boy said, though his mind wondered whether or not he was even holding the wand property. He hoped Bally's experience with wands was as limited as his, and the mask of fear cast over the old cat's face assured Eisen that he was doing something right. Where, where did you get that wand, boy? The cat said. It's no concern of yours, cat. I think it is time to part ways, and I will be taking these pixies with me. The words reverberated off the small cabin walls. Still, they stood together. Afraid and wondering, the pair lingered on momentary thoughts of courage. It's too late, son, Bally said greedily, snapping Eisen from the thoughts he had of being a legendary warrior. Now just sit back in your chair like a good lad until the jail doors arrive. The cat took on a wide grin as he said these words, and Eisen got a feeling that whatever was humorous to the cat would not be so for himself. The boy glared hard into the cat's eyes, as if fishing for the secret the cat held, desperately trying to find the hidden meaning behind both the words and a smile. All Eisen could see was slits of gold and white staring at him from behind a face that gave away nothing. Speak no more, cat fiend. I will be taking my leave along with these pixies. Eisen leaned over to grab the leather pixie bag with his left hand, watching Bally's hand grip the gold fillet knife so hard it washed the color from his aged knuckles. The cat placed a hand over the bag and stood, never separating a stare from the boy. Bally smiled again, and Eisen took a step back. Feeling that the boy was gripped with confusion, Bally rose to full height, glaring menacingly at the boy, and laughed. Nothing against you, lad. But at times like these, that an old one such as me needs more than blankets to keep these old hollow bones warm. There be loot in store for those who bring any word of the white door to Lord Archibald, King Rayak Mar, or whatever they call him these days. My pockets have been as bare as my cupboards for quite some time now. Hell, long enough to have sent me into a spiral of eating these filthy pixies. This nasty soup, I tell you, boy, after a few months of gnawing through those little critters, living off their sad little juices, while the brink of madness would seem almost too close. Close enough to give those involved calling the jilders here to my own home for a boy. Bally's eyes had grown wild in his ramblings, and Eisen could feel something bubbling deep down within himself. The boy assumed the jilders to be some regimented force under control of this... Lord Archibald, this King Ray Akbar, used to hunt down anyone or anything that had information on the White Door. He imagined communities and villages burned and full of havoc, select few shadowed away, causing all the chaos on their hunt for their master's desire. Eisen assumed that the jelders were the blade of Archibald, set against the very throat of his Golda, and the boy had no idea how right he was. Belly took a step forward, blocking the fireplace from Eisen's view. The cat still held the fillet knife, but had left the pixie bag on the cutting table. The cat could smell the fear emanating from the boy, though it was true that the fear was deeper than that inflicted by the malicious old feline. Something or someone was coming for Eisen, and both the boy and the cat knew it. A sense gripped the boy now, and it reminded him of the seconds before the cat guard had attacked him. Eisen tightened his grip on the blue wand as the cat spoke. They got ways of talking to your boy. They got ways of talking to your bones. Fingering the ivory inlays of the fillet knife handle, 
and it won't be much longer now before Sindari and the rest arrive. As the word arrive leapt from Bally's lips, so did the cat from the floor. Eisen closed his eyes, pointing the blue wand, and said, Pervalis. Now, Eisen knew no magic words. It had only said Pervalis because it was the only magic word Eisen could ever remember. He had learned it from a library book called Killikalarbin's Guide to Everyday Wizarding that his school chum Morgan had shown him. With eyes closed tight, I had waited for the stinging bite of Bally's blade. Though his eyes lay closed, Eisen could hear something happening. In the instant, there came a crash, followed by a gargled scream. More like a whelp than a proper scream, really. It reminded Eisen of the noises Donald T. Perrins made when bested by the neighborhood tomcat. Along with the tantalizing scream came a clamoring of metal, the spilling of liquids, and the hissing of a fire put out before it was rightfully ready to stop burning. After a few moments, Eisen opened his eyes. Bally lay on the floor. His body from the waist up was both in the smoky fireplace and across the ground. Severely covered in scalding burn marks, Eisen could barely make out where exactly the cat's head would be, as it seemed to have almost melted in on itself from one solid block of dead cat. Movement led Eisen to the cat's face, where a pixie appeared to be attempting to remove the cat's good eye, and quite successfully. Eisen collected himself, tucking the blue wand into his jeans before approaching the steaming cat corpse. The cauldron had rolled out from its hinged perch above the fireplace, and its contents had ruined much of the room. The cat's favorite chair lay legless on the floor, seared beyond repair. Little did anyone present know, except perhaps a small pearl jewelry box on a nearby shelf that had learned the language of wood, and found the old chair to be quite a riot. The chair had welcomed death, honorably. Finally, it could do some resting, not since seen since it was young and rooted in the El Spring Still Forest. The jewelry box had said a prayer for the old chair, and secretly hoped it would see him again in that big living room in the sky. Eisen continued to watch the little pixie man, who had pulled out the cat's eye and flew up to the wooden cutting table. Funny, the boy thought, as nearly everything in the room was destroyed by the cauldron's contents, save the very table that spawned the whole event. For a second, Eisen let his eyes greedily search the ground for the tasteful fillet knife before returning his attention to the pixies he had saved. Without hesitation, the boy began removing the little, and oddly cute, Bonds that imprisoned the pixie people. Slowly, they began to compose themselves, and Eisen thought to do the same. The pixie with the cat eye flew up and landed softly on the boy's shoulder. It is lucky that I managed to cut myself free while you stole the cat's attention, the pixie said in a voice that sounded much more interesting than he had imagined it would. Eisen looked at the pixie man who had stopped looking at the boy and was now rubbing the raw spot where the monocles had been. I I don't rightly know what happened just now. Did did I did I just use magic? Magic? The pixie laughed. Hell no, boy! Flew right into his bloody eye, did zoom! Bam! The pixie used his arms to help recreate the flying swiftly into the eye part. Eisen's imagination filled in the gory details of what it must have looked like, especially from the perspective of a pixie. What? With Eden Mr. Styes first born and all? What sortie of evils that old bean was? Tip top, me lad, the little missus had just lost her husband at brunch. Eisen wanted to laugh, but held it in for a better time. He instead posed a question to the little pixie, whose name turned out to be Ivalandium Pelonirisus Armandalum. The pixie said to call him Palisare, and Eisen did so very thankfully. 
The cat mentioned a Geldurst. Was he lying or did he indeed send some sort of word that I'm here with some connection to the white door? Palisare flew down to the other pixies, most of who were huddled in what Isengest were from families. Palisare could have been mistaken for a dragonfly with the way that he shot about in the air. He landed among his people and began talking to them in a tongue that reminded Isen much of the way the innards of a clock sound in a silent room. After a few moments, most of the pixies flew up and out the damaged ceiling, disappearing into blue skies. Staying behind on the cutty table was Palisare and five stalwart pixie men, four of which now stood equipped with breastplates and blade. The boy did not even think to question where such thing has come from, and who would make such beautiful ornaments of war so tiny. The eye-stealing pixie introduced the five pixies as Warwicks, Dundalin, Anjun, Ashway, and Gordon. Each bowing as his name was called, Palisar explained that Aizen had saved the pixies, and according to the code of pixie chivalric custom, they now owed Aizen their lives. Much more was said of pixie knighthood and of their distant home of North Seed proper, but it is no concern right now at this point. The boy quickly learned that these pixies, to be skilled hunters, and spent many minutes listening to each pixie list off and dictate their heroic and courageous deeds of his family tree. Well, all except the one unarmored pixie, Gordon who was said to be quite an herbalist and an excellent brew of ale. All the pixies laughed as Gordon's family tale was much more about the discoveries of brewing alcohol than fantastic deed. It is imperative that we move from this cabin, Palisare said when the laughing had died down. The gelders are coming for the boy, and I can feel his golda shaking with every step that brings them closer. Eisen looked out the window, his eyes following the red-braked road out and over the hills. Join us next week as we meet the Geldurst, a powerful group known to be the right hand of the king. Swift, deadly and cunning, they are now roaming the lands in search of one from that way. Be here to meet the murderous musicians.